Hello and welcome to the WAMDA podcast. My name is Triska Hamid and I'm the editor at WAMDA. In this month's podcast, I spoke with Hussein Al-Nache, the Chief Artificial Intelligence Officer at Modur. Modur is the Arab world's largest content portal. The Jordan-based company recently acquired Supermama, an Arabic online publication tailored to women, and also launched Salma, a voice digital assistant in Arabic, which has taken Modur years to accomplish. I spoke with Hussein about the unique challenges of natural language processing in Arabic, the need for research and development, and attracting and retaining the right talent in the Middle East. A word of warning, this podcast was recorded at Rise Up in Cairo, where more than 8,000 people attended. And so there is a fair bit of background noise. Hi Hussein, welcome to the Wanda podcast. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do. Um, my name is Hussein Al-Natche. I am the, serving uh, as a chief AI officer at Maudur. Maudur.com is the biggest Arabic website worldwide with more than 50 million unique users a month. My job, uh, the job of my team, the AI department, is to uh, develop AI technologies that can automate and understand Arabic language. We did that for the last three years. Now we have the most uh, comprehensive toolkit in national language understanding. We are focusing in Arabic and also uh, the Arabic dialects in Gulf, Levant, and, and Egypt. Today uh, we launched uh, um, Salma. Salma is an Arabic uh, voice assistant that uses this technology, and uh, we offer this technology to other businesses, to startup and developers to use this technology to develop their own apps and, and startups. Yeah. Is it like the Arabic version of Alexa? Uh, Salma, it is yes. Uh, uh, but the good thing about it that we, other enterprises could use it as if it's uh, their technology. We do a white labeling for this technology. For example, Salma is like voice, uh, a voice assistant that can answers any question. But the same thing could be, for example, for a bank could be a, a voice financial assistant and so on. So we're trying to leverage this, that we own the technology, we developed it from scratch. So we, we partner. It took us so far three years, three years of R&D. We have more than 60 uh, people in that department. And it was developed entirely? Yes, yes, yes. We have some uh, Arab diaspora who came back to Jordan. Some of them uh, worked uh, remotely. But most of the team are in Amman, Jordan. We have a team also machine learning engineers in, in Egypt. Uh, currently, we have eight of them who worked uh, very hard and closely with the Jordanian team to develop this technology and also to develop Salman. So, with a company like Amazon, since we mentioned Alexa, they have the means and the capabilities to develop an Arabic version um, of an AI voice assistant. Why I think they are doing it, and uh, but the problem is that the, the challenge is it's not that easy because Arabic is very uh, morphologically very rich language, and there is a, a lot of variations in dialects. So to have it in a in a level that people can actually use it in a friendly way is not an easy task. So because we are a regional Arab band company. Uh, we focus on that. Maybe for other uh, players, multinationals, it's not a top priority language. There is a lot, for example, uh, Indian languages, there is uh, Mandarin, there is other uh, Russian. So maybe Arabic doesn't come first for them. For us, it's a, it's a critical thing because we already, as mono.com, the biggest website, we have access to a lot of uh, Arab-speaking users. For us, it's, it's crucial to to provide this technology, to make it easier for our user base to access the knowledge and get answers. And that's why we started it. So 
the first consumer of our technology is ourselves. And then now we started to, to commercialize it with, with other business models, like uh, trying to uh, white labeling it and provide it also for developers and startups to, to, use, to build their own apps. I'm interested in how you built it. Um, where did you gather the data? Um, how did you develop the voice? Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that process. Actually, that was the, the main challenge because uh, machine learning as algorithms and code and uh, technology is there. And it's not that diff- difficult to make it uh, adaptable to Arabic text. The, 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 the crucial thing is to have the right data, the sufficient amount of data, and a, a high quality annotated data to be labeled correctly. So that's why we focus a lot on that. Half of the 60 people in, in the AI team are just doing that. They are building data, they are building knowledge. And what kind of data are we talking about? Is it just everyday interactions, how people you know, send voice notes? What is it? Uh, it depends on the task that we are trying to automate. For example, if we talk about voice, it's yes, it's like recordings, it's uh, um, uh, labeled recordings. It's, uh, it's we try to make it like as as big and diverse as possible, so that can work for open domain problem that Selma is trying to, to do. However, for some closed domain industries, like for example, if I'm doing today, we are building a, a voice assistant for banks. So for that uh, task, it's a bit easier. So we try to make variations on that. The challenge is, for example, if you just take Jordan as an example, each city has its own kind of dialects and vocabulary, a diverse, that people when try to use a surface like that will naturally start using their own words. To, to be able to automate that, we need a lot, a lot of data and we need people in the ground. We developed a crowdsourcing platform that in which we can pay freelancers from all over the cities in, in the Arab world each one of them like try to, to read and annotate and give data that's very localized. For example, when we do machine translation between a dialect to uh, original Arabic, what we call modern standard Arabic, we how exactly, we, we don't ask them to that translate it directly as it's because it will be biased to the Fosha. However, we say, how would you say that in your local language? So how much data points did you collect? Uh, too too many. I don't have the number because we, we do it for each um, uh, NLU, National Language Understanding uh, Toolkit, each tool. Because for now, we have uh, 12 tool, uh, to, uh, tools to do, for example, one to extract entities from the sentence, sentiment analysis, topic classification. So each, each of these is a complete standalone project. And it, it needs its own uh, data sets and, uh, and, and its special annotation. So in total, I would say we have millions. Of... Um, and you've been spending the past three years yourself working on this? Yes, and, and, and the team. We started with uh, five uh, team members in that AI department. Today we, we have this number and we are growing. Uh, this, later this month, at the end of this year, we will launch uh, the Cairo office. Uh, the office will host... Uh, the target to have 100 employees. Today we have in the, in the Egypt office eight uh, engineers, but uh, very soon uh, we'll expand that to include people from content, uh, commercialization, business development, and also machine learning. Do we have the skills in the region? It's, it's mixed. If we only look to the region, I would say maybe not enough. There are. There are very good uh, talents and engineers and innovators. 
some of them actually works for multinational companies from the region. For example, in, uh, I can give an example for, for Egypt. Uh, Microsoft Louis is, is in Cairo. The, the whole team, not only for Arabic, for all, all languages. And you, if you go to companies like Google, Facebook, to the Silicon Valley, you find a lot of uh, Arab scientists who are working on that and actually are leaders there. So I would say there are people, native scientists, who actually specified, specialized in providing this technology. And uh, at Mordu, we're trying to collect and gather forces together and build a strong team that can can uh, do this. With Was it easy to convince them to come and join you guys instead of going to Microsoft or Facebook? It's not it's not an easy task. However, we try we're trying and we, we tried our best. And I think we found a good formula because most of these um, um, talented scientists uh, are look they, they are not in, in, in the Arab region because they didn't find the right opportunity. They didn't find a company that can actually invest and develop the, the edge technology and state of the art. Today, when they know about us, they are very uh, encouraged, at least if not coming for us as full-timers, to help in any, in any means. So a lot of them would like to move move back to, to the region with their families. Uh, the only thing for them that was the, missing the, the company that take the lead. So uh, we think at Mordor we are in the right place, right time to do this and be the, the place that will attract these scientists back to the region. How long does it take for you guys to develop the preferred dialect? I think it's, it's a long road. So far we are trying to focus on the three main dialects in addition to, to Fosha, which is uh, Levant, uh, Gulf and, and Egypt. Today we have a very good uh, results in, in these three languages. Our next step is to go to the uh, North African uh, dialect, which is also very challenging. Why is it so challenging? For us as like Middle East countries, our language is like mainly closer to Fosha, I would say. Maybe I'm wrong, but this is what the linguists told us at, at the company. And it's mixed mainly with, with English. In North Africa, it's a lot mixed with uh, French uh, language. So you will find a, a differentiation. Uh, once we have right partners there in the ground, it wouldn't be a challenge because we, we kind of figure out the recipe how to solve this under-resourced language. So we'll just do the same with a little customization and uh, we'll there, be ready to go. Is there an issue with data yeah. privacy? Because AI requires a lot of data for it mm. to work um, True. efficiently. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how do you resolve the issue of data privacy? Oh, okay. I mean, I, I wouldn't want my voice notes listened to by anyone, even if it is anonymized. Yes, true, true. We have very strict policy uh, inside the company and we have a team specialized on that. We call it the knowledge and data team. That's we're trying to be compliance with GDPR, which is the uh, European data privacy policy. Um, also, the crowdsourcing platform, uh, the freelancers who like to volunteer or do it as a job uh, to the company, they know that this data is going for good, and it's not nothing about uh, privacy or something sensitive personal information. So, for building the data, uh, most of the data we are getting uh, either from uh, data licensing built in-house or through our crowdsourcing platform. So th that's a, a big portion of, of the data we're collecting. The usage itself is also a, a challenge to how to, to, to keep this privacy, because if you do a voice assistant, for example, we need to get the voice files to analyze and, and answer to. 
But using this GDPR compliances, we are we're we're make our best to no one will hear the voice, even if he hear it for any reason. Uh, it will not to be anonymized. There is no way for a human to listen to listen at, at it. Actually, it all goes to the servers and machines, and only used in a version that we have the features of it. We have in, in machine learning something called feature extraction. You don't have the real raw data. You just take a few um, features of that data. If you talk about uh, text or, or voice, so actually even the machine itself cannot go and see. I want to to see what the the voice was recorded for that person. Now you mentioned GDPR. That's the EU Data Protection Law. Yeah. You're a Middle East based company. How does that impact you guys? Uh, it impacts because uh, a lot of our users who can download, for example, Salma app, are live in, in in Europe or have a European nationality, even if they are in in in, in the Arab region, and that's for for sure affecting us as it affects any um, our multinational companies. We are regional, but our user base are spread across the across the world. Is it something? I mean, when it came into existence, did everyone in the AI industry just think? Yes. Oh, no. Yes, it's it's a big, big, big challenge. I would say it's not easy to be uh, uh, to be compliant to this this policy. It's it's very very strict, but we are trying our best uh, to match it and keep enhancing. So since we know about it from the start, we build our infrastructure and policies around it. Staying with the Arabic language, yeah. Um, language constantly evolves and changes. True. Does the AI pick that up. Or do you need to feed it new data? How would that work? It will always need data to be feed it into the systems, and it's not a problem at all because we are living in an era in, in which the the amount of data that's collected through IoT and technologies is like rapidly increasing. Also, the technology is capable now to to host, store the data, and also analyze it in, in a real time basis. So there is always data. Uh, digital uh, digital data that we keep tracking and, and collecting and acquiring. And uh, once there is a new terminology, for example, how to say it, we will see it, we'll track it in a in a, in a, in a time a time series, what we call it in machine learning, and we'll see this terminology now used for this concept and it's evolving recently. Then we replace and update all of our models with this uh, new data. So I'm interested in... Um the personality or the voice that you've given to Salma, more for the discussions that you had to pick the name, to pick the voice, to pick mm. the kind of personality. That's interesting to, <laughs> to talk about. A lot of people ask this, actually. We have like uh, a team specialized in, in UI UX and voice UX. They try to build a personality to, to Salma. Recently, we, we uh, it's, it's not yet uh, public, but we, we recently we've, we finalized it internally. We have an accent for, for Salma it's, that speaks like uh, someone from the Gulf. It's like if someone, a native Arab, will, will, see the, will, will hear the difference easily. You say, okay, Salma is a bit biased to the Levant uh, accent. It's, it's Fosha, but still uh, the accent, you can hear it. So we managed to develop the, the Gulf version of it. And the next step for us is to have the Egyptian accent uh, version. Why did you attach Choose that the name. It was not for a purpose. We we uh, we like the name Salma because in Arabic it means uh, ask what you want Salma to read and Salma to jib. 
Salma will, will respond. It was more like at that time we, we started with the name. So, okay, it's, uh, we'll start with the female version and then we'll do the, the male version. I think Oxford University is the, one of the few institutions that has looked at the impact that these voice digital assistants, yeah. and the majority are female, and then there's this perception that it might have a long-term impact overall on society. As engineers, is this a consideration at all when you're developing such tools? Engineering-wise, uh, no. Actually, if I, I may speak more technical, it's a, um, it's, it's a more the difficult task uh, to have a, vo a female voice than a male because uh, the frequencies and the variations and emotional inside, it's, it's, it's higher. So scientific speaking, I would say it's, it's a it's more difficult task. Uh, for us, in the beginning, we want to have both gender uh, voices. Um, we took the challenge because even even like like uh, it's it's more I would say friendly closer to people to have a female. Uh, uh, we didn't think about it from that, but afterwards, business uh, as business perspective, it will be easier because like a voice is the voice of a mother, is the voice of a sister, is the voice of like someone very close to you. It's it would be like easy like a personal more more personal to the, to anyone to to work with. You can look at it that way, but you mm. can also look at it because you're giving commands to it that people feel more ah, comfortable no, okay, giving okay. commands to a female voice. No, actually, yeah, yeah, I see your point yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> not that, actually, it's, it's it's not a command as like you you pose a question. So when you pose a question to someone, so, so that someone is like more wise and know have the knowledge. So actually, it's, for us, we see it more strategic place because uh, you would ask your mother more than asking your father, maybe. It's some a lot of a lot of stuff. I think the data that will eventually emerge will be very telling and interesting sure, generally. Sure, sure. Um, why was it so important to develop Salma and to have uh, a digital voice assistant for the Arab world? Be because a lot of people don't have, like, they don't master other languages. A lot of uh, user base in, in Arab region, even if there is like a high education and education for everyone, still it's, it's considered as a, as a barrier. This language barrier, if to access knowledge, if you, yeah, for example, you need to know English to, to, to have access to this knowledge. In universities, we see it a lot. A lot of courses are also only uh, given in, in English or French or Spanish. So these type of people, if they don't have technology that others have in other languages, would find it not, not easy to access this knowledge. Uh, for us, as I said in the beginning, it's strategic because we are originally an Arabic content publisher. So a lot of our um, data is, is in Arabic content and localized knowledge, things related to, to the region itself. So for them, if you want to uh, access the data, the only way is to go, for example, to Google and, and write some search keywords and you'll find a list of articles and you start reading it. But actually others have the privilege just to post the question in their own uh, voice uh, way and they get answers that right away. So we see, since we are in this business, we need, we need to follow the, the trend and to give uh, a user-friendly and easier way use, uh, adopting AI technology to, for, that, for this segment of people to access knowledge as others in, in other uh, most like um, lucky side of, of the world. We need to do it. And if we didn't do it, who would do it for us? Uh, as it, Maybe I mentioned it in the beginning, but... If you look maybe to the priorities of other multinationals, there is a lot of other languages. For them, it's more strategic to, to start with. So we, we had the, the, the chance and the willing, the vision 
to be the company who will tackle this and invest in it, even if it didn't be, be very profitable. Uh, maybe it's not the most profitable thing to invest in because it costs a lot. We are talking about uh, pure research and development uh, investment, which is risky even for 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 a company of our size, uh, for, for investors, even if they are like international investors, they will find it a bit risky. Not actually a bit, it's a lot of risk to do that. But at, we have it in our, I would say, DNA at the company. We want to solve something, we, we solve it from the root cause and we provide the best solution. And we, we studied the risk, we make it uh, calculated risk, we found an opportunity as we found an opportunity before before there was like before Maudur there's a lot of questions that doesn't have answers if you looked at any search engine today uh, it's you can find a lot of knowledge in, in Maudur platforms so at, at like eight years nine years ago when the co-founders started that Ramir Kawasman and uh, Dr. Muhammad Jabir it was also a risk but at the same time it's, it's, it's an opportunity so the same co-founders thought again the same way. Say yes, this is a risk. It's a high risk in terms of financial investment, but also there is it comes with a high uh, high opportunity business-wise. We hear a lot about the smartphone penetration in the Middle East. Mm. How almost everybody has a smartphone. Um, are people willing to engage with a digital voice assistant? Are they comfortable using it? This you cannot be sure about until you try it. So you need the technology to be there, like any other technology, to, to see. But what we saw from other markets, it seemed there is a high, ad, a high adoption. You mentioned Alexa in the beginning. It's in the U.S. market. Uh, a lot of homes has, has this device uh, or, or, or Google Home. They have it in office. They have it at home. And people start to adopting it. Like the adoption and penetration in, in uh, mobile and smart devices, it's, it's everywhere. And the Arab markets, almost each one of us, if not one device, they have two sometimes and two SIM cards. And they have internet. And the internet is coming now very fast, very cheaper. So we think voice technology is, is a good thing to do because you can now access knowledge in the go. You have the internet, you are in the go, maybe you are driving your car and you want to get a piece of information. You want to see where's that shop or how to go there or or whatever, whatever questions, maybe your child will ask you a question while you are driving and you want to answer and find a good answer. So I, I think because we are, definitely we are not sure that 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 where is that risk is, but from the market research we had access to, we think that is a good uh, a good uh, a high potential business to do. And businesses in the Middle East are keen on adopting this. I would say yes. We're starting to uh, experimenting that with with the financial sector, with uh, with banks, and actually we were uh, very happy to see that actually a lot of banks are looking into such technology to make it easier for for their uh, customers and clients to to access their services. Uh, for example, um, uh, the customers customer support and customer service, um, even using the mobile app of a bank. Sometimes, you are, as, as again, if you, for example, driving, you don't want to start like selecting one out of like 10 surfaces and keep tabbing until you reach what you, you say. And instead you can say, for example, please pay my monthly bill of my telephone. And that's it. You are done. And you can do it while, while driving, let's say, on the go. So they, they find it is the future in this, um, what's, what's called the fourth industrial revolution. They start 
to see the potential. Economically, it will reduce costs. It will uh, open new channels. It will gain more more revenues. So it makes sense for, for them. How did your investors react when you said we want to build this AI-driven voice assistant? Actually, um, again, it's uh, for them it were risky, but they know that they are investing in the right company. That uh, this company, if not this company, who else will do it? So they found they found a good opportunity on that. Is uh, there a lot of R&D that happens in the Middle East? Yes, I agree. I agree. I agree. And a lot of businesses mainly that are um, implementing, deploying solutions rather than developing and innovating the technology itself. But we again, it's it's it's, it's I would say expensive, but not that expensive. You can try with a few millions, and you can start seeing results with like quarter by quarter. It's not like hundred or thousands of, or billions to to invest, like for example in pharmaceutical industry. It's an R and D still as a software. Uh, the data, as company, we have the privilege to have a lot of data already at at Maudu. So half of the way is already done. It's just have the right uh, technical people, technical team to to build around How it. How can we encourage more R and D in the I would say by showing example, and uh, we think that we are doing a good example for that, and a lot of. Uh, other companies and startups will, will, will follow. You will believe, even investors, they will say, okay, we, we started before. Investors become more confident to invest in, in Arab-based companies after the uh, the story of uh, Maktoub and then Souq and, and Karim. And then, okay, each time they see a story, they, they start to believe better about the market, the people, the teams. And the team, the thing is not everything. The, the product itself, the product team and the, the management team the, the visionary, the entrepreneurs, it's all together. And I think uh, by showing such examples and, and more and more of these will encourage more of and enhance the ecosystem in the region. Let's hope that everyone's safe. I, I hope so. It's, 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 it's the equation everywhere. Maybe 10% will do and others will, will learn and become have more experience to do the, the next venture. Best of luck to you guys. Thank you. Thank you very much, Nasir.